the Booming It podcast where we lift the lid on breastfeeding and tell you what it's really like. I'm your host Ruth, founder of BoomingIt.com and mama of two. On the podcast, I'll be chatting to people about their breastfeeding journey in the hopes that their stories will help and inspire you. From time to time, I'll also be joined by some special guests. So let's get on with the show. Okay, today I am joined by my friend Carrie. Um, Carrie and I have actually known each other a really long time, haven't we? Yeah, about what, 10 years? No, way more than that. More than 10, yeah. 2006. 2006, wow. Because we, um, we met obviously through our other halves, and mm-hmm. our other halves are best friends. Uh, 2006 I remember meeting you because that was the year I started going out with my other half yeah <laughs> and you were already going out with your um with your now Thomas, husband yeah 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 mm-hmm. and uh yeah we were just we were so young back then young and we carefree were. going to the clubs oh, love and life kids <laughs> um I should I should interject here that you're on to talk about your breastfeeding journey so um in case anyone didn't know um you're going to talk to us about your breastfeeding journey with your little boy, Ollie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, back in 2016, then we were both heavily pregnant with our first children. Yes. The same time. <laughs> I know the same time, 10 years after we met, we were both pregnant. And I think that really bonded us together. And mm-hmm. especially when we, when we had our, um, our little ones, cause Ollie, he was born the 3rd of August, wasn't he? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then my daughter Rose was born the 31st of August. So like, we, yeah. you know, we give birth Four super weeks. close together. Mm-hmm. And I just think that new motherhood and then breastfeeding, the fact that we both breastfed from the very beginning, just mm-hmm. uh, made us really just come together again. And now we're, yeah. I would consider us to be really close friends. Definitely, and it was, yeah. I don't know about you, but you definitely were one of the very few people that I knew at the time that was breastfeeding Mm -hmm. so just to have that support and knowing that I could speak to you about breastfeeding things and you would totally get it um, was such a Mm -hmm. good support for me and I definitely think it and like motivated me to keep breastfeeding even in those times when I was struggling and things and just knowing that you were sort of in the same boat um so I yes, really like we're just on the other end of a phone or exactly yeah. and we met up so often <laughs> with just having young children and starting our families together it was just so nice and um, to have that support and I know that we kind of egged each other on to be able to breastfeed in public and stuff um, and that was really good as well because it's really scary yeah. <laughs> breastfeeding for the first time when you're outside of your home and um, so I'm sure we'll touch yes, on all is, that yeah. but thank you so much for coming on and um hopefully being really no open with us about your breastfeeding journey. So let's get into yeah. it. Um, I want to know, first of all, was it always in your plan to breastfeed? Because I don't actually, know, I don't actually know this about you. Like, um, did you, when you were pregnant or even before you were pregnant, were you thinking, oh, I would really like to breastfeed? Um, even before I got pregnant. So, um, like when we were just planning on having kids, it was always in my head to breastfeed, um, which is strange because I was never brought up around breastfeeding and I didn't know very much about it. Um, the only thing I sort of knew was I had a friend in work um, who she breastfed and she always talked about it and how great it was, but 
to me it just made sense like I was thinking I oh, do I want why would I want to get up in the middle of the night and make a bottle like I've got boobs <laughs> that are attached to me that is like you know it, it just made no sense to me to get up in the middle of the night and then obviously you know it's free so that's what you're thinking about when you're young and thinking about having kids as well um so yeah it was always it was always in the cards for me and it was something that Thomas always believed in as well um his mom she breastfed for like six months so her and her his granny is a big advocate of breastfeeding as well so um which I don't think you knew actually Ruth but my family not so much at all but <laughs> his family yeah his family they sort of you know they would have talked about it more than than what my family would have so my family just assumed I was going to bottle feed oh really you see I just find that so interesting that Mm -hmm. you you know that you had that instinct to want to breastfeed especially when you yourself weren't breastfeed it's something I'm really intrigued by because uh for me my mom breastfed me and my brother for I think both you know she breastfed for a year with both of us and in my head growing up, yeah. that was just what you did. And I did, it wasn't until I was pregnant that I realized that actually it's not the common thing. Uh, you know, even in my mom's generation, yeah. mm-hmm. it was very much formula feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my mom yeah. as an example of breastfeeding. And, and it was sort of just like, oh, well, I'll do it, of course, because my mom did it, you know. And um, yeah. I only thought yeah. of it as a good thing. So I really... Mm-hmm. I really thought what you know the fact that you breastfed despite not being breastfed yourself was actually a really amazing step because I don't think many women who've come from that formula feeding background actually do break out of the the mold and breastfeed yeah. because they're yeah. you do listen to your mom yeah. and you sort of think oh I'll, I'll do what she does yeah so um what was mm-hmm. your you know thinking along those lines then did you like let your mom know before you had Ollie that you were going to breastfeed I did, yeah. And to be honest with you, I've always been a wee bit rebellious and that, you know, if they told me to do one thing, I'd be like, I'm not doing that, I'll do something else. So I guess part of my stubbornness was like, well, they they don't want me to breastfeed because obviously my mom wants to feed the baby and, um, you know, the whole family wants to bottle feed. They talked about feeding the, the baby and I, I was like, no, <laughs> you'll not be, I'm breastfeeding. Um, so I guess that was always the, just sort of my stubborn nature to, you know, stick my heels in the mud and be like nope I'm doing this um but yes I did tell her I definitely I mean she just sort of thought that I couldn't do it so she was like oh it's going to be a lot of hassle and I think it would be easier with a bottle and um if there was a bottle you know Thomas could feed the baby in the middle of the night and you know I could feed the baby and I would be able to mind the baby and have the baby overnight and all in my head was well I don't really feel comfortable anybody having my baby that early on anyway. So I want to be with, you know, I want to be with them at night. And, um, you know, it it was just always, no, I'm I'm doing this and that's it. (laughs) No, I think that's something to really admire. And, you know, for people, you know, it it is kind of a brave step to, to kind of, um, you know, think outside of what happened in, you know, in your life and, decide to do something different and even though I'm maybe not with the most supportive of parents if you know what I mean in that regard and mm-hmm. um, yeah. she's you know your mom is well-meaning but she's assuming that you sort of want to give the baby over and you know have a break whereas yeah. I think family members mm-hmm. often feel like their noses are put out 
with breastfeeding. Yes. Strange as exactly, that might sound. Yeah. But yeah. they want to bond with the baby and they often mm-hmm. think that, you know, one of the best ways to bond is by giving the baby a bottle and feeding them. Whereas, exactly, yeah. you know, I mm-hmm. think if they're told that there's other ways, like you can bath the baby or you can uh, help me around mm-hmm. the house. And, uh, yeah. you, know, mm-hmm. you know, I would often, after I fed Rose, it was great whenever I could pass Rose off and have somebody burp her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nurse her to yeah. sleep. Um, you mm-hmm. know, because, uh, you know, breastfeeding does take it out of you and, you know, yeah. the feeding or parts. change a bum. Yeah. Always change, change a bum. bum. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's good for, um, for people to know that the, the pressure that they can get from their parents can be kind of tough to, um, mm-hmm. to handle, but, you know, you're a great example of how you, you did that and you just, you know, you were headstrong with that mm-hmm. um and I think it's great as well because you obviously had the support of your partner of, of Tom like he wanted he was really keen for you to breastfeed and that alone yeah I think you know will really stand you in good stead too so mm-hmm. um when you had Ollie um do you want to tell us a little bit about um giving birth and that first feed yeah. and you know a bit about what you went through yeah Um, Well, I made it really clear in the beginning to my midwife and put it in my birth plan that I wanted to breastfeed just so they knew. Um, Because I think, you know, it's something you really need to think about, you know, um, if something were to happen, you know, what your plans are. Um, And with the birth, so I was in labour for quite a long time. It seemed like forever. (laughs) I just kept going on and on and on. And it was quite a long time before I was brought into the the birthing suite and um when I was um that went on and on but then we were waiting for the epidural guy to come so when he he came eventually that all happened and then Ollie wouldn't come out so I had to get rushed into the theater and that was when the um what was she called was it um not a surgeon. What am I thinking? Anesthesiast. No, like the um the girl that or the doctor you're given at the very start, like the big doctor that you rarely see unless something happens. <laughs> oh dear. So we can um, edit this bit. A, cons- a consultant. Consult- <laughs> is it? A cons- I don't know. I think it, maybe it was. Anyway, she came in. It was the first time I'd seen her. That like the whole pregnancy. I know she she was all over my notes. You know, this is you be your consultant. Blah blah blah. But she came in. And Ollie was then delivered by forceps. And I had to get another another epidural before that happened. So it was like two epidurals. Um, and then that happened. And Ollie was sort of whisked away um, straight away to be mm-hmm. weighed and cleaned to make sure he was okay. Because obviously that was quite traumatic for him. Um, but then when they brought him back over, when the midwife brought him back over, um, she lay him on my chest and he actually did the breast crawl which was something I'd done quite a lot of research on breastfeeding. So I, I'd heard about it, but it would actually happen because the yeah. thought of a newborn, a newborn that's like just into the world, being able to do that to me was crazy. It's like they can't even lift their head or anything, but they can do that. But Amazing. he moved straight on, latched on and started feeding. Like he'd never known anything else. Like he'd never known anything. And that as you know, Ruth, he still <laughs> eats like crazy. <laughs> 
That is amazing. (laughs) Like, I don't think I knew about the breast crawl. Like, I mean, I obviously, I thought I did my research for breastfeeding, but I really didn't in hindsight. I didn't know anything. (laughs) Um, But I think that is so, that's so amazing. Um, And I know that not, like you say, you know, you don't think it happens to you, but just the fact that Mm -hmm. they have that innate, you know, they, they move up your chest and just latch on and feel like that's the dream. But it's mm-hmm. good to know for people that it can happen. And I think yeah. the important thing you'll probably agree is that is the fact that he was put on you quickly for that skin to skin. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. know, that yeah. is supposed to be mm-hmm. a, an extremely important thing. And I think they have brought it into, mm-hmm. you know, all births at the minute that the skin to skin should happen within, yeah. oh, I think it's maybe yeah, within right. an hour or something of um, yeah. giving birth because mm-hmm. that will really increase your chances of being able to breastfeed successfully. Um, yeah. I need mm-hmm. to fact check what I've just said, but I think, no, I there, think you're right. I think there is something in that because they've seen that, you know, if a baby and mommy don't have that skin to skin early on after mm-hmm. birth, then trying to initiate breastfeeding is actually more difficult. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you guys definitely got off to it. Uh, yeah, great start. And did he continue to feed well in in those early days? He did, yes. Um, he actually well, he cluster fed um quite early on. So Ollie was always you probably remember Ruth. He was always constantly on the boob, but it was very quick. He was so like he the would have of rose. Yeah, she would have big long feeds, and he would just have these wee short bursts. Mm-hmm. He could maybe have five short feeds when Rose is still on her first yeah, one. Yeah. She, was a, she was what you call a marathon feeder and he was what you call a snacker. Um, yeah. And I don't totally. know if there's like, you know, if if one is better than the other really. Just I know. Depends, but it, it's, yeah. uh, it is good to know as well that you shouldn't mm-hmm. focus on the time spent breastfeeding. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. every baby is different and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. some babies... I would say Ollie was probably a really efficient feeder and that, you know, he got what he needed quickly. Um, yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Rose, you know, was maybe less efficient and just wanted to, a bit of a lazy sucker. <laughs> um, just chilled. Just really chilled, yeah. Um, so, but both of them thrived. Yeah, definitely. So, you And know, they were such tiny babies. So the two of them, Ollie was six, five and Rose was five, five, nine. Forget don't forget about half. Um, yeah, they they were small. <laughs> they were both uh, teeny. Yeah, and you know, looking back at photos, you we you know you kind of look. You didn't really mm-hmm. think about it at the time, but looking back now at the photos of the two of them, they were so small. Mm-hmm. And um, but now they're the tallest in nursery. The two of them. I know now they're so tall. Um, yeah, I know. So it, it doesn't uh, doesn't always necessarily follow that tiny babies make tiny toddlers because uh, we should now say that well we've said that they were born tw- 2016 so they're both now four big four-year-olds yeah. now um mm-hmm. but yeah they both they both love the boob anyway which is yeah. good mm-hmm. and um you know you fed ollie for was it over just over 18 the year months oh, yeah 18 months. Okay. 18 months yeah i think it was 18 months and how did yeah. you like Quite how that. did it come to an end was it something that you you know kind of were ready for it to come to an end or did Ollie decide that he wanted to uh that he um, was done with the boob or what what was it Ollie decided he was done with the boob the boob um so you know you know what he's like he's very headstrong 
So I think if I had been ready like before mama. he was ready, yeah. <laughs> if I had been ready before he was ready, then I don't think it would have went would went too well. Yeah, you know um, your own child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, it was definitely it was definitely his decision, uh-huh. and it was just a case of like he is a still a gorb with like food. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it just he decided he just preferred solid food. So yeah. you know he could just do without that. Um, yeah. He still loves just a cuddle at night, but the last sort of feeds that we had were just the night feeds. So, and he just, one night, he just didn't want it. He just wanted to cuddle, just and that was exactly. it. Oh, that's, yeah. kind of a, that's kind of a really perfect scenario, really. You know, the baby, yeah. the child kind of decides themselves, and some children decide sooner, earlier than others that, you know, they don't want it anymore. And when it ends naturally like that, it's... It's kind of easier to take I suppose like how did you feel yeah how did you feel when whenever it kind of came to an end I think it's easier to take but it's also if you plan it then you have that last feed and it's your last feed and you can celebrate oh. it where oh. you don't know it's your last feed so it's kind of bittersweet in that sort of respect yeah. you know it's quite it's not until so it's nice that, that, yeah yeah it's nice that it didn't end in tears and everything like that but at the same time I didn't know that was the last feed so it was that that's quite sad in that that respect but because it had sort of been gradual at the same time I guess it meant that I wasn't in too much pain either but you know because like the milk had sort of slowed down with the way he slowed down so that that was good you know I didn't end up with mastitis at the end although I did have it during feeding I didn't have it at the end yeah Mm -hmm. okay tell me a bit about the mastitis what happened that was I think it was in the middle of cluster, maybe just after a cluster feeding okay. where he just I think he favored one boob and then the other one just got neglected and ended up ended up with ah, mastitis yes. um and I knew it was straight away because it didn't feel it didn't feel like a cold or flu but it, you know you sort of it was that same sort of fevery chilly chilly sensation but I just knew that I knew that that's what it was because my boobs were aching um but I did my research and it cleared up very quickly like I didn't even need antibiotics it was literally just in a hot bath like you know boobs down (laughs) and just expressing and it was fine it went away by itself so um which was glad because yeah because I think if you let it go I think you know you end up on antibiotics it can be quite bad but it didn't affect feeding or in fact you know all these fed more that that, however long it was just to to get rid of it so um so I was glad when I didn't have it at the end so because it would have been I don't think it would have been a nice way to end the journey so you fed uh you fed for about 18 months did you have Mm -hmm. like you you, you've already said that you planned breastfeed that was in your that was in your plan did you plan to get to a certain you know milestone with breastfeeding like was it six months was it a year what was it um I'd always wanted to get over the year mark Did you? Okay. um so I was always pleased when I, I got over the year but um I didn't know like after the year you know how long I would want to go on for um because I ended up going back to work after I took a full year off work and then when I went back um I went back on two days so I wanted to make sure like at the year, he was on morning feeds and night feeds, but he could do without it because of 
like solids. I worked him well, I still do work Monday and Friday. So he was fine with the, the solid food during the day. He didn't miss it. He didn't ask for it. So that was good. You know, there wasn't the I didn't have to pump and work or anything like that. So that I felt like yeah. by the time I got back, because although you take when you come back from maternity leave and you take the year, then you've also got your holidays and all to take. So really you end up off for a long a lot yeah. longer than a year. Yeah. So by the time I was going back I think my body had adjusted that I didn't need to pump, yeah. which oh, was that, quite nice. That was good, yeah. It's nice yeah. to be able to take that time. And it definitely, uh, I think for a lot of women who are able to take longer maternity leave, it definitely helps them to continue mm-hmm. breastfeeding for that bit longer. You know, I think a yeah. lot of women who maybe go back earlier, mm-hmm. um, you know, find it can be quite a struggle to continue breastfeeding and to do pumping, yeah. as you say, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's you know it's it's a big enough change going back to work but also having to factor in all that it can be difficult so um I'm glad that it all worked out for you and it's it's it was also nice to know that he didn't need the milk if you know what I mean yeah you know it was yeah um it was a nice thing for him to have really I suppose yeah so Carrie do you have any tips or words of wisdom for any mummies who are about to embark on their breastfeeding journey or, or have just started and are struggling I would say just be confident. So it seems like sort of you sometimes feel like the world is against you, you know, when you're out and you're worried about people saying things. But most people are nice. Like I breastfed in public for like what 18 months and nobody was ever mean to me. Everybody was lovely. And I think those those bad stories that you hear, they aren't really as common as what you think. So most people are lovely. Um, and also be confident. Don't let like family influence you anything like that just be strong in your decisions and do your research just make sure you know you know enough you know enough about it read Ruth's book <laughs> we'll tell you all you need to know coming on later this year <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah I and mean it, the family support thing um you know you were obviously really as you say headstrong dealing with your mom and telling her this is what's happening you know like it or lump it yeah (laughs) but not not all you know not maybe a lot of women out there would feel find it hard to stand up to their mom I know um I know I have issues standing up to my mom even now at 35 um (laughs) luckily I didn't have to stand up to her with breastfeeding she's very yeah all for (laughs) breastfeeding um but um is there any tips that you would say for her to deal you know deal with people is it the research aspect is it like blinding them with science and you know like this is why I'm breastfeeding because it's does this and it does this mm-hmm. and it does this that's exactly what I did and to be honest that's what I've had to do with car seats as well so I've had the same, same experience with breastfeeding as I've had with car seats I'm just trying to drill it into I, I mean it, it's a different generation isn't it like I mean yeah. they didn't they, they and it's not that you know they didn't care about their children as much it's the fact that they didn't know like that just the research wasn't there um you know on both car seats and breastfeeding so they just they just didn't didn't have clue but um I think that I just really went in and just stated the facts stayed confident in what I was saying and I actually found that she came like my whole family came around to breastfeeding so 
which was good. You know, they seen how Ollie was striving, how much he wanted her. Obviously, I still got the comments, oh, are you not done yet? You know, it's been six months and it's been a year. He's getting too old. But yeah. I just, it was like water off a duck's back. I was just like, no, I'm not not yeah. listening to you. Um, and then also helps if, like, I found my mom was maybe here when the midwife was, was here some mornings, you know, like, do you know, in that first couple of, can't remember whether it's weeks or whether it's a month or whatever but she was there a couple of times and it's really getting their support as well so yeah. if you're having a professional parrot back you and then I also had a really good GP who was breastfeeding at the time as well so if I found you know family were being a bit much I could always bring somebody with me to an appointment and be like yeah. my doctor would sort of parrot what I was saying yeah. I find that the same yeah. with car seats as well bring your family to the, the car seat shops and let the, <laughs> let the advisors tell them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's important for the, for, you know, parents and like you say, the, uh, the older generation understand that it, things have moved on since they had children and to respect yeah. our wishes mm-hmm. and our desires for how we want to bring up our children. Um, yeah. And there is a, there's a lot of literature, you know, I remember whenever, I was going in for baby scans in the hospital. They had lots of literature about how to support your, like how grandparents can support their child having a baby and breastfeeding yeah. and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, their first instinct is to say, oh, well, that's not what the, what way I did it. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's just important for them to know um, that things have moved on. And I think you definitely mm-hmm. went about it the right way with, Doing, doing your research not that mm-hmm. you should but you know um being able to let them know this is why this is why yeah. breastfeeding is good and this is why I want to do it and mm-hmm. end of conversation please yeah um, exactly and you need to remember as well that you're maybe having to repeat everything a lot and it seems very monotonous but once they see how well your child is growing they will eventually get around to supporting you so it will eventually come once they see how well the child is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is really a case that they just, they do feel, I guess they do feel a wee bit offended that we're doing things differently. And obviously yeah. they they want to feed the child themselves. But I think with grandparents and stuff, you see that anyway, as they, even as they get older. So, I mean, giving kids biscuits and stuff like that, you know, like they always want to feed them. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah I, um, think that, I think that's yeah. it. They, they want to... They want to be, um, you know, kind of mother in their own way as well. And it, it a lot of the time it is through food. And that's probably yeah. why they want to give the baby a bottle because they feel like yeah. they're doing something really helpful or something. But um, yeah. if, they, if they can get past that. But like you say, you want to be sensitive, I suppose, to, to their feelings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also want to do right by your child. And obviously you don't yeah. want your mom to feel bad about her decisions because she did... Yeah. She did what mm-hmm. was right for her. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, hopefully you've opened your, uh, you know, the, your family's eyes to how, how great breastfeeding can be for your little baby. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that it was such, all in all, a really positive experience for you. You know, you're a really great mm-hmm. advocate for breastfeeding. You know, I really looked up to you when we were breastfeeding because I just thought, Carrie is just nailing this. She's just sailing by. 
you know, I don't even remember you having mastitis. It must have been like a day thing or something. Um, it, was, it was a long weekend. <laughs> long weekend, you know. Yeah. Uh, you definitely, uh, you definitely were a very positive, you know, um, example in my life anyway. So I want to thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing your experiences. Hopefully um, people that are listening will find it really inspiring as well. And, thank you for inviting um, me on. With them, no problem. And just before you go... I know that you're wearing a gorgeous ring on your finger um, yeah. and I know that it's very special. Do you, do you want to tell us a bit about it? So, um, it's got the white stone in the middle and then it's a silver band, but it's almost like a, um, like a tree of life design. So around the, around the sides um, and the, the stone is actually breast milk. So, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I, this this blew my mind when you told me about it ages ago. I was like, mm-hmm. "What? I had never heard of this mm-hmm. before." And you wouldn't obviously know by looking at it that it's breast milk. You just think it's yeah. lo- this lovely cream-colored stone. But mm-hmm. do yeah. you know? Do you know how I? Who was it that made the ring? So precious by Carrie. She was called. Um, she lives in Northern Ireland. She at that point did it from her home I think she's still doing it from her home but she's very good at you know talking you through the whole process so definitely highly recommend her but she brought me in and what she does is she wants like you to pump a certain amount it's not very much because I was awful at pumping like so so bad like it was ridiculous but I managed to get a little bit out for this um really wasn't that much and it was near the end of my breastfeeding journey uh well sort of sort of the sort of the end I think it was that Christmas I got it um and Ollie was born in August um and she turns it into powder by I think she like freezes it with it or she dehydrates it I'm not probably not describing this very well it's turned into powder and then the powder is able to add it um she adds that to the resin and then she puts in whatever you want you can add in glitter or I just left it just saying I quite I quite like the look of it just the way it was it's but, beautiful and such yeah, a nice she's, such she's a nice amazing. memento of your breastfeeding mm-hmm. journey with ollie mm-hmm. makes me so definitely any <laughs> any future children i get i'll get something you'll have else to get, get one as well i know you can't just or something one. yeah get a necklace yeah, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. well thank you again and um i will uh, no doubt see you soon with the kiddos yes definitely definitely okay. <laughs> It's fact check time. So in my chat with Kerry, we spoke about skin to skin contact and how important that was um, after giving birth, how important it was for initiating breastfeeding and encouraging baby to latch on. And I just wanted to double check what I said so I can, after looking at unicef.org.uk's website, they say that skin to skin contact is a key part of the UNICEF UK baby friendly initiative standards. It helps the baby to adjust to life outside the womb and is highly important for supporting mothers to initiate breastfeeding and to develop a close, loving relationship with their baby. So that's a direct quote from their website. Um, I had also said that, I thought I had read somewhere that it was important to have skin to skin within an hour after giving birth. Now I can't find anything that directly backs that up, but I did find that there was a Polish study in 2002 which showed that skin-to-skin contact 
for longer than 20 minutes after birth increase the duration of exclusive breastfeeding and I found that on the lalechaleague.org.uk website um, if you wanted to look into that a bit more but thank you again for listening and I'll see you in my next episode bye guys listening to this episode you can find more breastfeeding stories and information on boobingit.com and you can also follow the boobingit community on instagram facebook and twitter see you in the next show